You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Welcome to BGN Radio, the only Eagles podcast you need in your life. This is episode five, and it's powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Yell at me on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL. Joining me, of course, is the mastermind, the cult leader of Bleeding Green Nation. He's Brandon Lee Gowton. Brandon, how you doing, brother? Michael, I am glad to be joining you here on BGN Radio, but I am distraught. <laughs> I am distraught. <laughs> Stephen Means is cut. Carson Wentz isn't starting week one. The world is ending, Mike. Yeah, so there are reports that Carson Wentz will not be starting week one. Obviously, this means big trouble for the entire season. Uh, Nick Foles is getting the start. Is the sky falling? Will we be okay, Brandon? Uh, no. The answer is no. <laughs> well, honestly, look, uh, we'll be fine. I'll be feeling better. It's just a little frustrating right now. I felt like Carson you know, had made the progress after watching him throughout the offseason that he had a realistic chance. I get the whole, oh, you don't need to rush him. But I didn't feel like the Eagles were rushing him. I felt like he genuinely was just making that progress to be ready. Apparently, you know, that's not quite the case. Or maybe it is the case, but the Eagles just want to play it safe anyway and go with Nick Foles. And look, that's fine. He's the Super Bowl MVP. He's capable of having really good games. I get it. I'm not panicked. But, I mean, I'm not going to just sit here and discount the possibility he also has a bad game. Because we've also seen Nick Foles have very bad games. He looked terrible in the preseason. There's no disputing that. That that might not necessarily mean anything. He might bounce back. He might be back in his Super Bowl MVP form. I would love to see that. But it's just it's a little bit of a bummer because this Falcons game could be a, a potentially very important game. The NFC is loaded, as we're seeing now, especially with the Bears getting Khalil Mack. And to lose that game in week one, I mean, that could end up meaning a lot by the end of the season. So uh, just having Wentz out there would make me feel a lot better. I'm not panicking with Foles, but it doesn't make me feel as good. How about you, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I'm totally fine with it. It's weird to me because, look, a couple of weeks on that type of injury makes no difference whatsoever. It barely moves the needle as far as what the risk they're taking is. 
you would need a few months before you felt like really secure about putting him out there. There's going to be uh, some some issues with that knee and some worries about that knee, no matter if it's uh, week one or week three against the Colts, like Peter King has suggested. So I don't know, maybe it's a mental thing. Maybe mentally it means more for Wentz to be able to get, you know, some extra time. Uh, but at the same time, you know, Foles, again, had a, a very bad preseason. He was dealing with a lot of starters out. And again, this these are not excuses for Foles. These are just the realities that we were dealing with. We're not game planning four teams around Foles, he's still got to make the throws that he missed in the preseason. We've seen how good he can be. We've seen how bad he can be. He's a very high variance quarterback, but he does know this offense. Um, there's no reason that we should start Nate Sudfeld right now. Uh, I feel confident that he's going to be able to run it. And uh, like you said, it, it is going to suck if we if we drop one uh, week one and, and Foles comes out kind of cold because it could have playoff implications with seeding and all that towards the end of the season. But right after that, you know, we're lucky we get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers without Jameis Winston. And then we get the Indianapolis Colts, which looks like two gimme games and everyone's going to call them trap games. But I think they're gimme games. So uh, I don't feel too bad about it. Is there any chance that Wentz does start week two? Because they're going to be on the road in Tampa Bay. Did they just save him to week three? We did see Peter King kind of opine through opinion that week three could be the game he's back. What do you think? What's the, what's the if, for me, what's the difference between two and three? Like I get, cause we get, you know, the Thursday, the Thursday game, it's like <laughs> 10 days or whatever it is. Like that's, that's a significant right. portion of time for, for Wentz to prepare. Why wait? It's like seven, what is it, seven more days from one game to the next one? It doesn't right. It doesn't make a whole lot of difference to me. Especially if Foles doesn't look good in week one, right? I mean, then <laughs> it's not like they're going to rush him, obviously, but I'm just saying, like, the thinking might not be, let's just be extra, extra careful at that point. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. So uh, that's obviously, you know, the biggest news of today. Um, we got, again, it we doesn't got roster cuts, man. Like, oh, Awesome. But yeah, roster cuts. I mean, I, I kind of obviously gave my take on Stephen Means earlier, but uh, <laughs> man, here we are, yeah, Mike. How you feeling? We have, uh, we've picked this thing apart and studied it from all angles leading up to this. But one of the things that stood out was the Eagles going with four tight ends like we all thought they would. Um, and on the projection pod, I, I started to go with Josh Perkins, but ended up siding with you and went with Anthony Denham, which was a mistake. So Josh Perkins, never listen to me. <laughs> Josh Perkins makes the 53 man as tight end four. I think that speaks to Richard Rogers availability for week one, who was recently seen wearing a bulky knee brace. Uh, so BLG, how bad does that sting that we were both wrong on that one? It's pretty bad. I just, cause it was so obvious, right? I mean, we had the four tight ends part wrong. We just picked Anthony Denham just because I didn't know where Josh Josh Perkins was at health wise. I mean, he had a head injury, and maybe that should have been me thinking, okay, it's not going to be. I've, like, I feel weird saying, okay, it's not that serious. It's only a head injury. I mean, that's that's a bad thing to say. <laughs> I feel like, but I just felt like uh, I didn't know what the situation was there, so uh, I just didn't fully expect it. I'm not totally surprised they kept him though, just because he. I was even noting this, I think, early on in the preseason that he was getting more snaps than Billy Brown. And when the Eagles released their unofficial depth chart, uh, well, unofficial as in the sense that it's assembled by the PR staff, but still, Perkins was ahead of Billy Brown. And also, Perkins has some NFL experience. He, he played eight games 2016 with the Falcons. Uh, I think he had a touchdown. He had a couple catches for them on a very good offense. So uh, I don't want to make it seem like Josh Perkins is this really good player by any means, but I thought he was fine. I think he's probably a fine number three tight end until Richard Rodgers comes back, which I don't know when it will be because Richard Rodgers has been seen with a knee brace on. 
He's been described as week to week. But I think you had to keep four tight ends, right, Mike? Because if you're only keeping two in the sense of like Ertz and Goddard and Rodgers isn't going to be able to play and you're planning to do a lot of multiple personnel or multiple um, tight end sets, what happens if one of those two guys goes down? You're just going to not do like 12 personnel all of a sudden or just, you know, have Isaac Samalo or Big V be that that quote-unquote extra tight end in there I just I didn't see that so I'm not surprised they kept four yeah and to your point if you're dealing with two very similar players and you've got one guy with experience who played eight games and you've got one guy that hasn't um, obviously you're going to default to the guy with experience and and that fourth tight end spot is something that probably gets moved as uh, Richard gets to health and some of these guys come back Uh, running back let's 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 move there because um, I want to brag a little bit about Josh Adams, not because, you know, you, you feel bad for the kid because he's trying to trying to earn a living out here and hopefully he sticks somewhere else. Uh, but what was surprising to me wasn't that Josh Adams didn't make the roster. It was that Wendell Smallwood made the roster. And along with that, the other big surprise for me, and I'll just couple these two together and we can kind of talk about them how we want, uh, Smallwood making the team, and then you have Chance Warmack sticking on the team as well. Uh, super, super frustrating for me. Chance Warmack does literally nothing for me whatsoever. And, and Smallwood has just proven to be an average guy. And, you know, we could talk about some possible running back targets that they may want to swap him for later. But how'd you feel about those moves, BLG? I think the common thread between those moves is their position coaches think they're so much better <laughs> than they actually are. I think Deuce likes Wendell a lot yeah. because... Not because he's like great or anything, just because he knows he he can, in theory, be versatile and he can contribute on special teams and he knows the offense, quote unquote, and he can and he can, in theory, catch the ball and he can get the yards that are there for them. And in fairness to to Smallwood, he you know the the third preseason game was obviously a lot more encouraging than we had seen from him earlier. But I mean, it's just I'm not really super excited about it, um, and it's. Like, when did he ever really impress, right? I mean, he's been a 2016 pick on this team for multiple years now, and there's never been that one moment where you were just, like, really super impressed with this guy. So uh, it's kind of a bummer in that sense. But like you said, I mean, uh, they could pick up someone on waivers, even though they're dead last in the waiver claim, because they won the Super Bowl, (laughs) which needs to be pointed out. Uh, I know some people may be getting a little tired we say I'm that not. but too bad um yeah you better not be <laughs> but um uh so we'll see if they pick up another guy there and then with warmack it's the same thing it's like it's clearly the only re- why is he staying around right. we all know it's because jeff statlin like that is, that's the only reason because he is not versatile he only plays guard uh he it, again you save 1.6 million by trading him which is not an insignificant amount of cap space for a team that's very cap strapped I just, I thought, you know, trading, and I, even look, even if you trade him for a conditional seventh, I think that's worth it because you're getting some kind of, in theory, pick and you're getting the cap savings. So I just thought moving on was kind of a no-brainer. You saw the development of Matt Pryor. Now, I get that Pryor wasn't as good in the preseason games as he kind of was earlier in camp and generating some of that buzz. So I, I guess I get it from that factor. Maybe if they felt like Pryor was really killing the games and doing a lot better, they would have traded him. But still, I mean, like they have five guards on this roster if, if you're counting Samalo in there. And it's like, do they just, they really need to do that? So yeah, just a little frustrating. Yeah. And with Warmack, like what else do you really need to see? We've seen more development from Jordan Mailata, who 
is on the roster, by the way. Uh, we've seen more development from Mylotta in the past few months than we've seen in three or four years from Mormack. I don't know how much better he can get. I know Stoutland coached him in Alabama and, you know, thinks he can turn him into something, but that has yet to be seen. And I have all faith in Jeff Stoutland because he's done miracles with some other players, but it uh, just doesn't seem to be working with Warmack right now. As far as the running backs go with Smallwood, like we talked about, a possible swap uh, with someone that is hitting the waiver wire. Uh, running backs that that we could pick up um, include Rock Thomas, uh, the former five-star recruit. He was picked up by the Minnesota Vikings and then dropped. And he he's an Auburn kid, transferred out after two years and went to light it up at Jacksonville State. He exited uh, early in a preseason game against the Titans. I think it was an ankle. I don't know the severity of that. But he had really impressive tape. I liked his his college tape coming out. I felt like he was a solid day three talent that the Eagles may have targeted. Uh, obviously, you got to see what's up with the ankle, but it's intriguing. Uh, the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys cut Alabama rookie running back Big Bo Scarborough from Alabama. He has a injury history a mile long. But if you're looking for some type of bruising, fourth quarter running back type with a, that isn't going to get like a big workload here and we won't expose him to too much mileage, it might be a solid situation here. And I'm not even the biggest Bo fan, but if he's healthy, he can be a factor. He tested a, a lot better than I thought he would. So there's a little more juice in his game that maybe a coach like Deuce Staley could unlock. Uh, the other one who I know Benjamin Solak really, really likes, Ryan Nall. The rookie running back out of Oregon State was cut by the Bears. And Benjamin Solak, I'm sure, is going to have an article up on Bleeding Green Nation about him. He was a big fan of his game coming into the draft. Pro Football Focus had him at 77 of his 79 yards coming after contact in week four. So that's something you can work with. Then, you know, there's Mike Gillisley, the former Bills and Patriots running back. He's out there. BLG, anything out there as far as running backs? Or do you think we stick with, uh, with Smallwood? I think it's going to be Smallwood uh, unless I, – I just think it is. I just – again, I think I go back to the coaching factor. And uh, obviously, I think they'll try to get Adams on the practice squad and maybe Pumphrey, maybe both of them. But I think you just brought up you know, the Cowboys cut Scarborough there, uh, Mike. I think they want Donald Pumphrey. That's the guy <laughs> they, they, they wanted They wanted Pump before the Eagles traded ahead of him back in 2017 last year. So uh, I think that's possible that you know we might see Pump going down there. I just want to hit back on the offensive line real yep. quick. I mean, we cannot take for granted how amazing it is that Jordan Mailata made this football <laughs> team. I mean, he didn't even – he had never played a football game yeah. until August 9th last month. And I remember just the first impression or the first clip we ever really saw from him was from rookie minicamp. He couldn't even hear out of his helmet. <laughs> like, this is a guy who came in. He didn't even know how to, like, listen to someone with the helmet yeah. on. And all of a sudden, now, like, you have Ross Tucker saying he's going to be all pro – you have Brian Baldinger saying, you know, crazy things about him. And again, Baldy gets very hyperbolic. But even Trey Thomas was saying that, you know, he agrees with Baldinger. Like you're just yeah. seeing and then Tommy Lawler, who's a respected football scout and writer, was saying that he sees some Jason Peters and Jordan Mylata. So it's crazy to think that I mean, put that aside. Just the fact that he even made the team is just a major accomplishment because I thought there was no chance at first because he hadn't played football. How can you keep a guy who is not ready to play football on your roster? That's a practice squad guy, but it's clear that, you know, they made this investment, quote unquote investment trading up into the seventh to get him. And even if he turns into nothing, I mean, I think he at least has shown, you know, like the potential to be worth that pick and the potential to be kept around. And I'm really interested to see how, 
next year, how this year serves him as a, as a, you know, a year where he can just sit back, he can learn, he doesn't have to play because there are so many guys ahead of him who can play tackle when you look at Lane and Jason. And then you have, you know, Big V, who, again, not great in the preseason, but hopefully he can bounce back. And then if you need to, you can put Samalo and Pryor ahead of him. Uh, so you're not having to expose him to regular season action when he might not be ready for that just yet. So uh, I just wanted to take the time to really just, you know, give Jordan a shout out. And I had, had kind of said this on the previous podcast with Ben, but I just think the mentality there is impressive, too, because he easily, you know, he's he's so far from home. He's playing this sport he never has played before. He so easily could have just quit. Yeah. And maybe he still does. I don't know. But for now, he hasn't. And I'm just, I'm like proud of him. I feel like he's like a son. I'm just, I'm very proud of Jordan. I feel like when I, when I was listening to you guys talk about him after, after the, you know, the first days of the rookie meeting camps and everything like that, he started from absolutely nowhere getting yelled at all the time. And he has just taken that coaching, that tough coaching from Statlin right on the chin and he's turned it around and, and he's just done absolute wonders. So yeah, it's amazing. And be- before we flip it, to the defensive side here, one guy who I'm very, very excited for, DeAndre Carter has made this team yes. the wide receiver. We're carrying six. So we got Jeffrey Wallace, Nelson Aguilar, and Matt Collins, Shelton Gibson made the team, and DeAndre Carter. Carter promised his uh, brother on his deathbed that he would make it uh, on an NFL roster, and it's so great to see. He was seventh in the preseason in yards. He was third in yards per catch, had 10 catches for 178 yards, absolutely balled out. Um, I wrote a piece up uh, on him for bleedinggreennation.com. I'm a big fan of his game. He's going to be able to uh, fill in for some slot reps and hopefully earn some snaps that you know we lost from losing uh, Marcus Johnson this offseason. Marcus Johnson, I believe, played about 146 snaps, something around there last season. So uh, he's going to get a shot at some of those. How do you feel about our boy, DeAndre Carter? That is one thing I'm definitely really really happy about Mike I think like Carter really deserved to make this team I would have been so bummed if they kept Aiken right or Wheaton over him just because those guys are proven like no forget that like Carter did everything he could to make this team he joined the team three days in the camp so he wasn't even here for the full offseason and then he ended up being a player Eagles fans were intrigued by and which was easy to see why Eagles fans were intrigued by by ending up uh leading or being second on the Eagles uh, second in receiving, and then seventh overall in the league in the preseason. So I loved what I saw out of him. The guy is juice. He gives the Eagles depth in the slot behind Nelson Aguilar. And with Alshon Jeffrey, clearly at least missing, reportedly at least missing a couple weeks here, you know, it just made sense to keep that six receiver. And obviously, Mac Hollins was missing some time too. I think he'll be fine, but just still, you know, he's had an issue. So I liked going a little heavy at receiver there. And flipping it to the defensive side, uh, defensive line, we already touched on Stephen Means. It sucks, man. I, I put an article up oh. on uh, bleedinggreennation.com about, you know, is it time to trade Stephen Means? and put him at a, at a place where he could get more meaningful reps because he just hasn't been, been able to do that here because of the depth here. So just running down the line, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Michael Bennett, Derek Barnett, all stick. Haloti Nada, as expected. Destiny Vio makes it. Elijah Qualls is gone. Uh, Chris Long makes it, obviously. I think they like what they've seen out of Josh Sweat. He sticks. And then Bruce Hector, who we've me and Ben have talked about a couple of times, uh, he makes the roster, as I think all of us here projected, but Steven means it it that one hurts, bro. Oh man. I, I'll never forget the moment where Steven Means sacked whoever the Jets quarterback was at the end of the preseason game the other night. And like in sync in sync and totally in sync with the fireworks just going off over the stadium as he's doing his elaborate sack 
celebration. It was like one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I just, I was so happy. I, I just loved seeing that. Great that Stephen Means <laughs> had a preseason, a great preseason. Releasing Stephen Means has caused my baby to throw a fit. It, <laughs> look, I, I, I don't, I don't blame the baby because it's very depressing. And uh, the, the one thing I will say. I will give some people hope here is that Steven Means is a vested veteran, which means he's not going to go through waivers. And it's entirely possible that the Eagles and him kind of worked out a deal here where they would bring him back after week one. Because the reason why you don't keep a vested veteran on the roster week one, if you don't really feel great about them, is because their their whole salary becomes guaranteed for the season if you have them on there. So by bringing Steven Means back after week one, his salary wouldn't be guaranteed for the whole season, and he can come back. But, I mean, it's entirely possible another team just tries to sign Stephen Means and gives him a better offer than the Eagles will. So it would be a bummer if we lose him, but I think I'm, I'm glad that he played well, and, and I think he'll end up somewhere. And then you look at the uh, the linebacking situation. I don't think there was any surprises here. Nigel Bradham, Jordan Hicks, no. uh, Kamagruje Hill, Nathan Gary. Uh, Joe Walker and Leroy Reynolds. So I thought Leroy Reynolds had a good uh, week four preseason game and he flashed a little bit. I hope when the roster shakes out even more so with guys coming back that uh, that he sticks on the roster before Joe Walker because Joe Walker isn't any good. Cornerbacks. Yep. The surprise here is that uh, not really surprised, but he was sort of a roster bubble guy. We weren't sure if he was going to stick or not. So we keep Jalen Mills, Ronald Darby. Sidney Jones, Rasul Douglas, and Avante Maddox, and Devontae Bosby is out. Um, safeties is Malcolm Jenkins, Rodney McLeod, Corey Graham, Trey Sullivan, Jeremy Reeves is out. Also, Chandon Sullivan as well is out. He had the interception in the Week 4 game. Uh, any surprises there as far as that, that second and uh, third level defenders? Yeah, I would say the only noteworthy thing is is big balls, big balls, uh, if you will, getting cut. It's, it wasn't a surprise for me. I didn't have him on my 53-man. I had him as, like, my 54th. It was just, like, that one guy who I thought he deserved to be on, but I just couldn't find out how to get him on. And, and look, Bosby had a great spring, but it just he wasn't the same player that we saw when the pads went on because he was missing tackles. It just it wasn't as good for him in the summer. And to, to his credit, you know, he played well enough to be in that first team battle for the nickel corner, splitting time with Sidney Jones. But then obviously he kind of faded out of that with Avante Maddox getting that time by the end of the preseason there. So kind of disappointing for him. He's actually still practice squad eligible. So I'm sure the Eagles will bring him back if he is not unclaimed, potentially. I think they also will see if they can bring back Jeremy Reeves and Chandon Sullivan. I think those are two practice squad candidates as well. But I will say this about Devontae Bosby. You know, he joined the team week two last year. And no matter what happens, he got a Super Bowl ring. So not a terrible deal for him. Yeah, absolutely. L- looking at the looking at the waiver wire, I mean, I'm looking around and you know, I see maybe like a guy like a like a wide receiver, Braxton Miller from from the Texans that they might look at. But they've got six wide receivers. I'm fully confident in those guys. I don't see a whole lot out there that intrigues me. And uh, b- before we wrap up, there is, of course, the specialist Jake Elliott, Cameron Johnston, Rick Lovato. I would be remiss if I did yes. not mention them all sticking on the roster. I thought Cameron Johnston had a pretty good, uh, pretty doggone good preseason. But again, looking at the the waiver wire, is there anything out there that really sticks out for you, BLG? Not really. And again, the problem too is just because, you know, they have 32nd overall. It's just very unlikely that uh, 
they get their guy there. I mean, I'm sure they they might try to put some claims in because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, maybe you get lucky and someone falls to you. But uh, I, I would assume that we're, but we probably haven't seen every move just yet. Um, you know, there could be some moves to make here still, depending on who shakes free. And then obviously they can start building the practice squad uh, as of, I think, 1 p.m., on Sunday, September 2nd here. So we'll see which guys pass through waivers and, and who they can get back on the practice squad. I remember last year I was kind of bummed because guys like Byron Marshall, who are, Bar- sorry, Byron Marshall, <laughs> I just mixed Byron Maxwell and Byron Marshall. <laughs> Byron Marshall looked uh, better than Donnell Pumphrey did last summer. And I thought Bryce Treggs looked better than Shelton Gibson. Mm. But the Eagles wanted to keep the young guys for their potential, and that's fine. I respect it. But I wanted to see Treggs and uh, Marshall stick around. And, and sure enough, they were available on the practice squad, and they stayed there. So we'll see who gets to the practice squad, and maybe we'll be feeling a little bit better. I think, you know, overall, this is a fine roster cutdown day. We would have liked to see some different things, you know, like means either being kept or traded or Max being traded. Um, but really not a big deal in the end. The biggest deal, as we talked about at the top of the show, is that Wentz will not be starting week one, which is also a bummer. But from all accounts, it sounds like he's very close to returning. So hopefully it won't be too long until we see him. And the 2018 Eagles will be at full force. And we can really be excited about this thing. Yeah, this whole thing is just kind of like the draft, too. This whole thing has been kind of uneventful as far as from a roster building standpoint when you're the defending Super Bowl champions usually your roster gets gutted more like that and there are more open positions and and battles like that I mean the, the biggest thing for us was do we have a fourth tight end who's the fourth right like we're talking about fourth guys in the depth chart all freaking summer long uh it's kind of incredible so it is good to see uh, and we're, we're going to be keeping you gentle listener updated on all of the the practice squad guys as we move through this entire process and we've also got some great content coming for you early in the upcoming week we're going to have a new fireside chat with eric crocker from fourth and nine we'll be talking about defensive back play and dbs for the eagles uh there will be two kissed and Solak shows one where we bet on the over unders for the season and another where we get into the nerdy details of the falcons and eagles week one opener then you've got the nfc east supercast coming your way where i'll be chatting with sb nation writers for the redskins cowboys and giants to get their spin on the state of their respective teams as we enter the 2018 season plus of course another preview show another bgn radio with brandon lee gowton and john stolness which will be bgn radio number five so we are covering this thing from every possible angle to give you everything you need to be prepared for the eagles run at a repeat thank you so much for joining us today and remember, five stars, five stars, five stars, baby. Drop a line in the review. We may even read it on the show. So do that for us because remember, we all we got, we all we need. Fly, Eagles, fly. That doesn't make sense. Hey guys, this is John Stolnes from The Good Fight and the Phillies podcast, Hitting Season, where I talk to Phillies beat writers, broadcasters, and fellow Good Fight bloggers, as well as national baseball writers, and the occasional interview with Matt Klintak and Gabe Kapler. Also, you'll get continued success, a Phil's podcast hosted by Justin Clue and Liz Rocher covering all things Phillies, and The Dirty Inning, a hilarious podcast hosted by Justin and Trevor Strunk, looking at the very worst innings in Phillies history. Make sure you are subscribed to The Good Fight podcast feed.